Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Donald sent me a note about a story happening in Wisconsin from the Associated Press. And this is the kind of story that what's actually going on and causing the kerfuffle is not what's important here. It's the bigger, broader philosophical question as to what happens when these kinds of fights break out. So Supreme Court justice is accusing the other members of the court in the majority of staging a coup. And so many states have got Supreme Courts with seven members on the panel, seven members. And of course, the U.S. Supreme Court famously has nine for the most part. So seven members on the panel. So when four of them are politically aligned, the three can kind of feel left out. But quite often, all it takes is that fourth seat to get switched, and suddenly you get four on the other side. So occasionally the courts do completely flip over like that in terms of the majority. And so now we've got a situation where the uh, court chief justice is accusing the others who are in the majority of staging a coup. And the question then becomes... Who would resolve that dispute? And, of course, it's the Supreme Court. Then the question becomes, well, what are they allowed to do? What can't they do? So Scott Bauer again wrote this for the Associated Press. The conservative chief justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court on Monday told the new majority in a scathing email that they had staged a coup and conducted an illegal experiment when they voted to weaken her powers and fired the director of the state courts. The chief justice, uh, her name is Ziegler, in two emails obtained by the Associated Press, said that firing and hiring a new state court director was illegal and ordered the interim state court director to stop signing orders without her knowledge or approval. So what's going on here is the court always, uh, the Supreme Court always oversees the lower courts. And so they quite often will have somebody who, as an administrator in that position, is the court director. And so the Supreme Court would then hire a court director who would then run the lower courts. And so apparently, when the new majority got in, they fired the old state court director, brought in a new state court director, which they may or may not be allowed to do, but when they would send out letters from the court, they would be signed by Justice Ziegler, And this person would sign their name for and on behalf of Justice Ziegler, who's saying, I didn't authorize that. The question then becomes, well, could she send the letters over her own name or over the name of somebody else in the court? Because she's the chief justice. The uh, email says, you are making a mess of the judiciary, the court, and the institution for years to come. This is an email she wrote to her fellow justices and that administrator. This must stop. I have no confidence in the recent hostile takeover and the chaotic effect it had on the court staff and the court and the overall stable functioning of the courts. Now, the liberals, and we're just going to talk about liberals and conservatives here, the liberals gained a 4-3 to three majority on August 1st when Justice Janet Protasiewicz began her 10-year term after winning election back in April. Conservatives had held the majority for 15 years leading up to that, and the emails are the latest sign of broiling tensions on the court. In their first week in power, the new justices, or the new majority, voted to fire the state court director, hire the new one, and create a committee to do much of the work that the chief justice had done. 
And that's a move that significantly weakened the position of Chief Justice. Now, she was elected by the conservative majority to a second two-year term as Chief Justice in May. So her term as Chief Justice is in effect. On Monday, Ziegler sent an email to the administrator telling her to stop signing orders under her name. It's come to my attention that you've been signing my reserve judge orders without my knowledge or approval. You never asked me for permission. You do not have my permission. Stop. These orders are in my name. You have no lawful authority to sign them. If you sign anything else under my name, please advise immediately. So the administrator responded in another email saying that she vehemently disagreed that her appointment was illegal. She's also defended her action signing orders assigning reserve judges, saying state law clearly gives her that authority. And here's the thing. She might have the authority to do something. It's highly unlikely she's got the authority to sign someone else's name to something or, in essence, say that I'm writing this at her behest if that's not true. But that's just a matter of just straightening out how this stuff is written. She said, I had the legal authority and responsibility as well as the moral obligation to sign the orders for reserve judges, she told Ziegler. Again, the question is, but should Ziegler's name be there as if she approved it? She said in response to questions from the Associated Press that in order to not create problems at the circuit court, she was reissuing the orders under her name. Ziegler said she's also sending a cover letter that she and the administrator would not allow staff to send. Meanwhile, uh, she also sent a scathing email to all the justices, once again accusing liberals of acting illegally, causing harm to the court's internal operations and public perception. Ziegler refused to schedule weekly meetings with what she called the invented committee created by the other justices. I'm not willing to violate my oath or the Constitution. You know that this invented committee is in violation of your oath, the Constitution, and longstanding court practice. Is illegitimate and unenforceable. Uh, a request for comment from the majority left with a Supreme Court spokesperson was not returned. Uh, Ziegler also repeated her claim made when the administrator was hired that the meeting to fire her predecessor was illegal and that she cannot hold the position because she is an elected Milwaukee County Circuit Judge and the administrator is, in fact, on leave of absence from the judgeship to take the court director job, which would be a problem. Generally speaking, you can't hold several different government jobs simultaneously. So they said that they are going to advertise nationally for a new director of state courts, uh, but this is a fight happening at the level of the Supreme Court. This is fairly uncommon. Uh, You do hear about judges or justices squabbling from time to time. But here's the thing. And, and this is very, very basic. Look at the Constitution of the United States, and most states have got constitutions that are patterned off of it. They might not be exact duplicates, but I'm going to use the U.S. Constitution as an example because for the argument I'm about to discuss with you, it makes sense. So, of course, Article 1 right, is Congress. Article 2 is the President. Article 3 is the courts. And so if you... Ever hear people say, referring to Article Three courts, they're talking about, oh yeah, the federal court system are described in Article Three of the Constitution. And so if you want to know how the Supreme Court operates and the federal court system underneath it, you go read Article Three of the Constitution. That's where you start, okay? And it describes the makeup of the court and how they work and how they get appointed, where they come from, 
and how long they serve and so on and so forth and their jurisdiction, et cetera, et cetera. And so the question always is, the president does something, and I'm, I'm again speaking generically here. If the president does something that people object to, what do you do? If Congress does something that people object to, what do you do? Well, we know that Congress has certain rulemaking authorities found in Article 1 so that you can, for instance, see where the Senate has its own rules and, for instance, will say things like, oh, we're going to institute a rule on filibusters. And so if someone starts filibustering, so many people can vote to stop the filibuster, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just pointing out a rule that they can make. But if they make that rule, they also have the ability to unmake that rule. Because it's a rule they made, but the Constitution says they can make rules. So presumably, to make rules, as long as they follow the Constitution making the rules, the rules are okay, right? Okay. So as we all know, if Congress passes a law, they send it up to the White House for signature, let's suppose the judge, uh, let's, let's suppose the president signs it. We now have a law on the books. Somebody comes forward and goes, that law is unconstitutional for whatever reason, okay? Well, you know what the process is. Somebody follows a lawsuit, and they file it in federal court, and it works its way through the system up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court can then look at the law and go, eh, we think it's okay, or eh, we don't think it's okay. And if they strike the law down, the law is not in effect, and someone's got to start over, or there's just no law. The big question always has been, and this is something that you think about, if you look at all the different balances of power and how all these things play out, is what happens when something goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, and especially if it involves them, what do you, what do, you do then? And there's been talk recently, and by the way, I, I, I think this is an interesting topic, and I think it's deserving of much more, uh, it's deserving of much more attention. And that is, should there be rules of ethics for the Supreme Court? And this, this is the question, okay? So as you might guess, there's a lot of positions in the government where if you do something wrong, you can get in trouble. What if, and this is a hypothetical, what if a Supreme Court justice does something wrong? Should other members of the Supreme Court be allowed to sanction them? Should Congress be allowed to sanction them? And then, of course, you can see where that could be abused. Let's suppose there was a Supreme Court justice that a bunch of people in Congress didn't like, and they decided to sanction that person. And so it's a situation that you kind of hope never comes up, but we've got it in Wisconsin right now. So in Wisconsin, you've got seven justices on the Supreme Court, and it used to be four, three. And then it went three, four. And now it turns out the chief justice is over here. And these four are like, yeah, but guess what? We run the court. And now the chief justice is still the chief justice because apparently the rules say that once elected, her term lasts so long, and then at the end of that, they have another election. So there might be a period of time where there's an overlap there where she's still chief justice and these four are in charge. So let's suppose that these four do something that she doesn't like. What does she do? file a lawsuit, go to the state legislature? Does, does the Wisconsin Constitution contain anything in it about what to do when the chief justices misbehave in the eyes of other, chief ju or other justices? 
I, I highly doubt it says that. And so it very well could be that the four in the majority can do whatever they want because they're in the majority. And the only question that could come to them would come to them. So let's suppose that somebody filed a lawsuit and said what the Supreme Court's doing is wrong in state court. And a state court judge might go, they are wrong. Court of Appeals, they are wrong. Supreme Court, now we're right. And, that, and that's that'd probably be the end of it. So it's, it's an interesting argument. And I'm not sure that there's a correct answer or any way to fix this because of the problem that you'd have of it being abused. So the way things are generally seem to work pretty well. And I know a lot of people don't believe that. Trust me when I tell you that many people have simply gotten used to and complacent with how things are because things have run pretty smoothly for a while. I know people go, Steve, come on, where have you been? No, they run pretty smoothly compared to what could happen if these things weren't in place like this. So if you, for instance, gave the governor the power to take Supreme Court justices off the bench, well, guess what would happen when a governor got in and just said, oh, I'm going to kick three of them off. So the majority's on my side now. Next governor gets in, I'm going to kick three of them off to rebalance the power. Can't, you couldn't have that. How about, how about the legislature? Let the legislature do it. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. It's politics. So one of the things that's always kind of worked in the checks and balances of life is the fact that all these different things have different terms. House of Reps, two years, right? President, four years. Senate, six years. Federal courts, lifetime. Now, I know some people go, that lifetime appointment may have been out of whack. And I kind of agree with that. I've always thought that they should have gone to federal judges at, like, say, 10 years, 15 years, something like that. But they didn't. And here we are in this year, whatever year it might be. Uh, and, of course, Constitution was uh, sometime back in, like, the 1700s. <laughs> so we're watching an experiment unfold in that we've never seen this kind of brouhaha at a Supreme Court, at least not recently, as what's happening in Wisconsin. So, Donald, thanks for sending it from the Associated Press. Scott Bauer wrote it. Wisconsin Supreme Court Chief Justice accuses liberal majority of staging a coup. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time.